We're going to learn in honor of Rabbi Yaakov ben David, Allah Shalom Davidson, his neshama should have an aliyah. We discussed in our last topic uh, about the concept of dreams and where they bear, do we have to be concerned of them halachically or not. And we're going to continue in this topic, but our specific question today is going to be that although in general, as we have discussed, that divrei chaloimis lo malin velo moridin, that they generally do not bear too much to avail or impair to the person, we can ignore more or less the concepts. Although, albeit, it's possible that for holy people, uh, we should take it with great seriousness and perhaps more serious than for an average person. However, is there cases where even, let's just say, almost any average person should take the dream with great seriousness? So I'm going to, and, and, and I really want to bring this in, in relation to halacha. So the Rambam in the laws of Zechiyah Matana, which is the laws about acquiring you know, certain things and giving gifts, Terek Yud, Halacha Zayin, writes the following. There was an incident of somebody who was very pained that he had some money that apparently his deceased father left over for him, but he didn't know where it was because apparently it was hidden. And he had a dream, and in the dream he was told, this is the money, uh, it's in such and such a place, but it belongs to uh, someone else, or that it's my Sarshani money. When he woke up, he looked in the place where, where he was told in the dream where the money was, and indeed, he found it in that exact spot. And it was the exact number of money of how much he was told it was. And then the question was, do we really consider it now, you know, it belonged to someone else, or that it was my Sersheni? So, he says, the Rambam writes, the Chum were asked this question, they answered, Divrei chalomus lo malin read. And the words of dreams do not help or hurt. Basically, regarding locating the money, yeah, it helped, he found it. Regarding if it belongs to someone else or to my or to tzedakah, that you can ignore. The message behind the dream we can't assume is so accurate and therefore you, the man, is, man could keep it. And now we're going to see some cases where we see a little bit, we take it much more serious. The Gemara in Brachas, Nun says the following, there was a person, he saw that in a dream he was placed in Nidoi. He was placed in a ban, a spirit, like an ostracism or so. So when he wakes up, he says, when this person wakes up, he needs to gather 10 men to go and, and, and have them release him from his nidoy, from his ban of ostracism. So you see that that is actually a, a case in which, you know, even if you had a dream like that and you're not necessarily a tzaddik or the like, you have to take it with great seriousness. In fact, that the Shulchan Aruch, uh, Rabbi Yisav Karo, in the Shulchan Aruch, in the laws of Yerodea, uh, Perik, um, Shin Lamed Dalid, Sif Lamed Hay, 334, three, th- uh, Sif 35, actually brings this passage and rules like it in halacha and practice. That indeed, if a person... Uh, you know, I had a dream that they put in a band of ostracism, they need to have 10 people release it. They have to take it with great seriousness. You can ask the following question. What's the difference here and in the case that we mentioned of the Rambam 
that if you if a person found money in a dream and money they were looking for that they apparently had inherited, that they don't need to, you know, they can keep it for themselves. And it's not only if the Rambam writes it. I mean, the Rambam rules it, but also it's brought in Cheshit Mishpat in the Shulchanach as well. So what's the difference? So the Tashbits actually asks, answers and addresses this question, and he says as follows. He says that when the dream is casting a doubt on something that maybe had a chazaka pr- uh, prior to, a status quo, and, and now you're going to say that it is staka, like in the case of the, the Rambam's me- case we mentioned, right? Person finds money. They find money. Why should they assume that this money doesn't belong to their father, being that it was in his house? Somewhere he hid it. Why should we assume, oh, it's someone else's money. He just had it. So now, to take the dream and to remove that money from a chazaka that it previously had, unless there's clear proof otherwise, that it can't, a dream cannot do. In other words, we, we don't have to rely on a dream to remove something from its status quo, a chazaka that it has. However, when one in a dream is, sees himself placed in nidu, he sees himself placed in a ban of ostracism, he wakes up, he says, what should I do? You know, they say, so, so we say, oh, ignore it, it means nothing. Well, you know, look, at the end of the day, there could be that maybe there is some truth to it. Maybe, you know, he, he has to do some sort of tshuva or so. Maybe he, he did something wrong, sinful, and he was placed in some sort of it. And that's why he, he had the merit to see it in a dream. So for, for him just to do a, some sort of tshuva, and when it has to do with an, an is or a prohibition, and just to remove it, we should take the dream with seriousness. Now in the Sefer, and that's the answer of the Tashbits, he's quoted quite often by many codifiers. Many of Shailavachuvas quote this Tashbits. A very important rule that a dream we can take for stringency when it has to do with something which maybe has to do with um, a prohibition that we see, that we, we should be careful about, or, or that was put on us. Whereas for things that have to do with making you pay money, that you don't necessarily have to do or have to take it with seriousness. Of course, there's more categories than those two general categories, but that's the general answer from the Tashbits. Now, there is a Sefer from uh, the Ben Ishchai. He wrote responses in Halacha called uh, Rav Poalim. So this is in Yoridea, the Sephardi Posik. I'm sure everyone is familiar with the Ben Ishchai. So in his Sefer called Rav Poalim, in, the, in um, Yoridea, Volume 2, uh, Simon Lamed Bey, Simon 32, he was asked the following question. If someone saw in a dream that they ate on Yom Kippur or that they violated Shabbos doing work on Shabbos or the like, do they need a kapara, do they need atonement for this dream that bothered them? So, in a lengthy tshuva, the Rav Polim first brings the view of Rav Chaim Palachi, great uh, Sephardic posik and a very, uh, wrote many, many svarim, and he was like almost like a rebbe to the, to the Ben Yishchai. And, and he, 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 say, he brings that, that, uh, that this concept is that, look, bottom line is that, yeah, if, if, the, if you have the, the, the dream of, of putting yourself in, being put in cherem, in nidoy, that you should take serious, that's a, that's a Talmud, that's a, that's a Shulchanach. But overall, if a person just saw themselves 
doing an avira that they're not familiar that they ever did such an avira. So they can ignore it. They can ignore it because to their knowledge and their recollection, their memory, they didn't do such an avira. So now that they saw themselves do some, such an avira, so they can ignore it. Um, however, the Rav Polim disagrees with Chaim Palachi. He says, no, look, if a person saw themselves uh, violate Shabbos, they saw themselves eat on Yom Kippur, look, they may not know right now what they did or didn't do, but it's possible they did in the past, many years ago. And, um, and it's just lingering them in their thoughts. And it could be that even though that we're not expert in interpretation of dreams, as I discussed in the last um, uh, recording, we don't really have that expertise. Most likely, very few Yechidi Skula might have it, and who knows who those Yechidi Skula are. But um, the fact that it was shown to you must be a sign that it's proper to do tshuva on them for the possible prohibition of the past without noticing, and it would be like a it would be like a merit for you. You know, it's it's a wake up call, Baruch Hashem. So you should actually should do tshuva over it. Okay, there is a tshuva from Ramosha Feinstein in Igris Moshe uh, Yoridea Volume Two, Simon One Fifty Five, Kufnun Hey, and here the rabbi of this woman was asked the following question, and the rabbi brought the question to Ramosha. Anyways, this was a, a widow, and her husband, apparently, they lived most of their life in Montreal, but they, in the later years, they lived in Toronto, and he passed away, and um, she, was, he, he, she, she buried him in Toronto. Now, most of his life, apparently, he did live in Montreal, and two out of three of his children were living in Montreal. Now, apparently, it wasn't told to anyone where he wanted to be buried. Only she knew. But the bottom line was, is that is where he was buried, in Toronto. And four years went by since the time of her, his, him being buried. And the woman claimed that she was experiencing scary dreams of her deceased husband. And that her deceased husband was demanding that he be reburied, meaning he should be, they should dig up his... his, his Bones or and, and, and his coffin, whatever is left, and rebury it. It's called pinui hames. It's what it's called in Hebrew, in the halacha. And he should be reburied in Montreal. That's what he. That's what she said that he was uh, bothering in her dreams about. And um, again, so 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 again, to remove somebody from a, a burial spot where they were buried, and that's not something we take lightly. Halachically, it's something very problematic. It says it bothers the neshama when this is being done. And therefore, generally, we never allow it unless we are bringing them to Eretz Yisrael. You could, you could remove the body and bury them in Eretz Yisrael because of the great mitzvah involved in it. However, um, in this case, there is another reason why we could be lenient to allow the body to be removed and reburied. Because... Apparently, this was his dying wish. His wish was to be buried in Montreal. And she didn't listen to him. Now, the question you can ask is, how do we know she's now telling the truth? After all, first of all, how do you know the dream is true? And second of all, how do you know that now, four years later, she's starting to tell him that before he passed away, he told her that really that's where he wanted to be buried. 
You could ask that question. And the Rav Moshe says, even if we're not going to believe that the dream is true, and maybe we don't need to at all concern, be concerned with the, for the dream, this woman, you know, she, who says she's such a tzaddikis that she would be zeichet to such a dream. But at the end of the day, as the Gemara says, um, on the, you know, that a person only dreams, the bottom of Brochus uh, 55b, a person only dreams what they're thinking about during the course of the day. And therefore, it must be that the fact that she was getting these dreams is a proof that she really was thinking about it. And why should she lie and say that he didn't, that he t- wanted to be buried somewhere else when she's the one that's going to pay for this very expensive uh, uh, concept of removing a, uh, dead bo- uh, um, a burial and, and transferring it somewhere else? Like, she's the one who would pay for it. It would cost her a lot of money. She's willing to do it. So, so therefore, we can rely on the fact that that must have been what indeed she was told by her husband. And halachically, yes, you're allowed to remove someone if, 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 if they were buried in the place against their wishes in a different place. Therefore, he allowed that they could do that expensive act of transferring her husband's body to Montreal. In another tshuva, this is from Chalkis Yaakov, Yoridea 206, Rabbi Yaakov Breish, and he was also asked, he lived in, uh, in Zurich, where he was a rabbin, and he was asked by someone in America, Apparently, the man was buried in America. He didn't even say where he wanted to be buried. But apparently, one of the relatives, this person was having bad dreams, that he wants to be brought and buried in Eretz Yisrael. Now, here the problem is, is that it's not like he said, I want to be buried in Eretz Yisrael before he passed away. He never said anything of that sort. And it's a relative of his who's having the dream. Halachically, one could rebury someone after they've been buried in Chutzlarts to Eretz Yisrael because of the mitzvah and because it says uh, that the land will atone for the people, that if you're buried in Eretz Yisrael, it has a special atonement. That's brought in Shulchanar, uh, chapter 363, Sif Aleph in Yerdea. And so halachically would be allowed. The question is, we never heard him say that he wanted to be buried there. So if he would have said, don't bury me in Eretz Yisrael, that would be a problem. But we, we just didn't hear anything. And again, he said, even if we're not going to um, take the dream too seriously, right? Bottom line, though, is that the family's willing to do it. They're willing to pay for it. And, um, and we find this concept that although we don't paskin from a dream, but the bottom line is, is that the person is willing to, uh, to pay out of their pocket, not because they're obligated, because they want to do it. And um, it's, it's halachically allowed. And there could be an advantage to, to, to rebearing the Mener soul as halachically it is a good idea. So uh, even if we don't say the dream is necessarily true, we should take it with seriousness because the family is willing to take that upon themselves. Fine. Now I will conclude off with two, tshuva, two, two letters from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, about disturbing dreams. There are many, many letters uh, that people wrote to the Rebbe about disturbing dreams. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I will go through two of them that I you know, quickly pulled up. So one of them is in Igris Kodesh, volume 15, page 277. This was about a man who apparently was having a disturbing dreams. His father had already passed away, and apparently his father was coming into him in this, the son was having was disturbed by something that his father was communicating in the dreams. And the Rebbe wrote to him that one should ask Michila. This is written in Hebrew. I'm just translating in English to my best of my ability. One should ask Michila, he should ask for forgiveness from one's father in front of ten Jews. 
on the matters of the year of Avelis, which is Avelis' morning, that was not as it should have been. Apparently this person did not uh, do a proper um, res- uh, respect that they needed to follow all the laws, maybe Kaddish and different things they needed to do during the, the year of Avelis. So, so the Rebbe says that you should ask Mechila over those matters. And then he continues, and it is known the Psak Din of our Torah, our Holy Torah, that a father that forgives, right, the forgiveness is granted. And then the Rebbe concludes, also it is proper that the tefillin and mezuzahs of one's home should be checked. So here, you could say, what, what is the opinion the Rebbe is taking over here? Well, on one hand, it's a dream. It's not obligating the person to pay any money, right? Meaning, he's just, you know, asking Mechila at the end of the day, and why not? He should check his tefillin and mezuzahs. Apparently, there was, it was a, that could be connected. Um, it, but but it was it was more of something that was disturbing the person. So this is the Rebbe told that person in that specific case. I'll give you one more uh, letter, and on this we will conclude. There was a woman who experienced a disturbing dream from her mother, who already passed away. The Rebbe wrote, and this is Nigas Kaidish, again in volume fifteen. This is page four forty four. He wrote to her as follows: that she should verify if the burial was done properly. Apparently. Um, um, that maybe the burial was not halachic. It could be there was something not fully done properly. The Rebbe wrote to her, that's, that should be verified. And that she should have her mezuzahs of her home checked. Uh, again, many, many other letters we have from the Rebbe on this, but uh, we will conclude here, thus seeing that and there are definitely some cases where we should take a dream with great seriousness.